G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Marg Aspen from Co-Starters. She does a lot of work with Business as Mission. We're going to find out a bit of her story today. Uh, welcome to the program, Marg. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic, and thank you for having me here today. It's great to catch up with you. We uh, we connected at a uh, business breakfast a while back with our mutual friend Wes Leak, and it was uh, great to connect. And I always thought I've got to get Marg on the radio for a bit of an interview. So let's find out a bit of your story. Whereabouts yeah. were you born and raised? I was born in Adelaide, mm-hmm. and uh, so country family mm-hmm. had uh, country farms all over the place. But Dad was the uh, deputy director of the South Australian Museum. Mm. So we had a little bit of science and a place in town and moved around quite a bit with that. So oh, very interesting, early life. And did you have a religious upbringing at all? Look, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was sent along to a, a local Presbyterian church um, because my grandmother was Scottish, but I didn't really understand what it was all about. Um, and, you know, that was where kids had an opportunity to play sport and there was a little bit of mingling with other people. So it was kind of a yeah, uh, not really part of the family. Uh, so it wasn't until I was an adult that I became a Christian. Mm, okay, and tell us a bit about your conversion experience. How did that happen? Well, it was uh, very interesting, and God is amazing in the way he does things because I mentioned my father was a scientist, and he had always brought us up to think that anything that was loud or hysterical was bad and everything needed to be extremely measured. So I was nervous about Christians because they sang and did things, you know, odd things. Um, When I was going through university, one of the programs you could do as an elective was Religions of the World. And I remember going along to those lectures and thinking, um, it's good to do this, it's easy, and, it, and I learn about all the silly people in the world who are, who are Christians. <laughs> um, but what I didn't know at the time is that my best friend at university was, I knew he was a Christian and his friends were Christians, and he was praying for me for the whole time, the whole undergrad. And it was after I left university, so I had a job to go to, and then suddenly I had that existential crisis you can have when you're about 20 and I thought, what if it's true? You know, it was just one of those things where I thought, you know, this could be true. What if it wasn't? So it was very exciting then to go back to my friend and say, you won't believe it, I'm a Christian. And at the same time, my sister became a Christian, but she was not living at home. She was a medical student and living in the hospital. 
So it was quite apart from each other. We hadn't actually influenced each other in any way, but it was pretty well the same week that both my sister and I became Christians. How about that? Wow, that's a fascinating connection. And yeah. uh, tell us a bit about how your life changed after that moment. Oh, yes, it was a, a complete life change as far as... I mean, we'd always been brought up as good kids and caring about other people, um, so good works, if you like. But I think it gave me such a deep perspective on how I was. Uh, I belonged to God. I was not my own and I was bought at a price. And so, therefore, I needed to get this person who created me, this God who created me, um, a lot closer. I needed to lean in a lot closer. So from then on, um, everything I did, I started uh, putting it towards what God wanted to do. It, it was a, a big learning experience for me because I didn't have the background. I didn't have the sort of Sunday school background. I didn't really know what I was talking about. And uh, when I w- first turned up at church, I sat right at the front on the front pew and everybody else was right at the back in the back pew and sort of gave me hand signals to stand up and sit down. So, uh, But it was the real joy of the Lord. It was the excitement of it and wanting to be involved in everything that was available out there and that he had in place. So I think it, you know, it was just a completely different worldview that happened as a result. And I'd love to know the specifics of your conversion experience. Was it someone witnessing to you, or was it you just stumbled into a church? How, how did it happen? It, it, I told you before that uh, my father had always brought us up to say, you know, nothing hysterical, nothing mm. uh, noisy or anything else like that, everything very calm and collected. But I, in that little ex- existential crisis of wandering around, wondering why they're there, um, I uh, stopped and I felt that I needed to look up and what I saw was the sign for, the, for a church. Mm. And I just knew I had to go. They had an evening service that was appropriate for my age group and I really didn't know what I was going to say to my father and I was pretty scared about that but I just knew I needed to go. So I went home, got dressed up thinking I don't know what's going to happen (laughs) and as I left and closed the front door my dad said, well where are you off to on a Sunday night? And I said church and he was just so shocked. (laughs) He suggested that maybe I, you know, probably... um, needed to go and see a psychiatrist or something like that because how could somebody be converted in that way so i think it was a um it was a it was a call it was really strong it had there was no hysteria about it it was quietly walking along and just being told to look up so it was this incredibly authentic experience but I think, too, when you look back, you can see those stepping stones, can't you? Mm, mm. And one of those was that my mother enjoyed watching the carols by candlelight. And, of course, I was very cynical about that and thinking, yeah, you know, everybody's up there and they're singing and none of them go to church. Um, but I remember sitting there watching it with her the previous Christmas, only a few weeks before, and thinking, now, hang on, what if this is true? Mm. So... God used something that I was very cynical about and the people who were not necessarily Christians who were singing, but it just it just tapped me on that shoulder. It's a fascinating picture of uh, the power of media as well, isn't it? You know, just by yeah. watching mm-hmm. Carols by Candlelight on the TV and hearing, you know, Joy to the World or, you know, mm-hmm. Little Town in Bethlehem or whatever songs you were hearing, uh, but those words 
beaming through the TV uh, impacted you. I, I always believe that uh, uh, media is one of the best platforms uh, to share the good news, and uh, there's, there's another example. Uh, so tell us a bit about your career. What, what kind of work did you do or study did you do straight after high school? Yeah, so my undergrad was um, I did performing arts and went into teaching, as most people do, who go into some sort of drama or music area. So, you know, the creative background, um, the desire to be creative in some ways, but I was also a fairly studious sort of person, very interested in history. So those were the sorts of things that I studied. And originally I was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for uh, 22 years, um, although there was a couple of breaks in there with having the kids and having, you know, four or five years at home. And um, But when we moved from Adelaide, uh, we had a corporate move from Adelaide over to Melbourne, um, there were no jobs for teachers. It was just after the Pyramid Building Society had fallen and the, the state was in great debt. And so they weren't taking on nurses or, or teachers or police or whatever. And uh, I had an opportunity through church to get involved with the Scripture Union. So I then uh, managed the Scripture Union Family Mission mm-hmm. area, did that for three years, worked part-time with Scripture Union in Victoria, worked on the uh, programs that uh, Scripture Union has for kids, and... Um, also worked uh, as a you know, sort of fill-in teacher at local private schools. Um, and it really was just my next-door neighbour coming up to me and saying, it would be fantastic if you came along and met my, uh, met my boss at the TAFE because we could really use somebody with your skills. And uh, so I went and I had a, a cup of tea with the woman in the TAFE who happened to be a Christian. And what grabbed her eye in my resume was Scripture Union Family Mission. Mm. And that there had been, you know, 80, 90 plus volunteers, which was like (laughs) herding cats um, from every denomination. Um, And uh, it was a, it it was an urban one. It wasn't a beach mission. So it involved lots of different people. And she thought, if you can do that, then you can also be involved in labour market programs. Mm. Labour market programs are programs that TAFE provide and other organisations provide for people who are long-term unemployed. So I think um, getting involved with people who are long-term unemployed gave me an understanding, particularly then, um, because it was the recession that Victoria had to have, that you would have a pretty tough bloke who was in his 40s, 50s, had been on the tools, had lost his position and was not trained for anything else. Um, and they seemed pretty tough until you got them in the office and then inevitably they were in tears. Many of them had not told their wives or their families that they'd lost their jobs um, and they just really needed someone who not only cared about them but also had a practical solution for them and an encouragement for them. So I think God placed me there in labour market programs under a Christian boss to to really work with the people, but also to teach me about this area. I was promoted at TAFE, this was in Victoria, as I said, and I was promoted at the biggest TAFE down there over 10, 12 years and became um, a, a manager, senior manager, in charge of flexible delivery, which is really looking at all the different ways you can deliver things to people in an authentic way that matters to them and you get an outcome. 
so that meant building community partnerships, working with others and unis and, and all kinds of um, organisations and churches um, to be able to provide programs that had meaning to the industry but also had meaning to the human being who was the recipient of, all, of any age, of any age at all. Um, I went into the federal government, uh, which was, yeah, look, you know, it wasn't my favourite job of all time because you, you then are sort of stuck in a little office and I'd been able to gallivant around the state uh, doing as I, as I wanted. And I, as I said, I'm a creative. So uh, creative people have a tendency to want to move and shake and, mm-hmm. and not, not sit and, uh, forever. Um, but I did go into the federal government and one of the projects that I worked on extensively was something called Unlocking Opportunities for Small Business in Australia. Now, I wasn't a, a business person at that point in time. I hadn't even thought about business at that point in time. But it opened my eyes to the impact that small business has on creating jobs and providing something that matters to families and makes a difference in families. I had to give that program out to a state before I left that department and it went to Queensland. Mm. And it was actually the beginnings of a program that I've worked extensively on since I've been up here in the last seven years called Small Business Solutions TAFE Queensland, which is about people who are in business and helping them grow. Um, but it all came, you know, you can, see a, you can see God's hand in all of this. It all moves together. After... Leaving the federal government, I started setting up companies and that was when I discovered that I was uh, basically an entrepreneur. I was a serial entrepreneur. (laughs) Um, I'm full of ideas. You know, I've got a billion ideas. I can't possibly have the capacity to do them all. Um, And I'm a big connector. So Mm. connecting people with other people and having good ideas and then getting excited to watch how other people take those things on. So the creative part in me, the performing arts person in me, uh, made sense to set up uh, e-learning companies which are full of animation and multimedia and music and sound and video and all those sorts of things, which we still do. But the other part of me, the entrepreneurial part of me, suddenly became of interest up here when I moved up here to the Queensland Government. So nowadays I connect education and training providers higher ed, like universities Mm -hmm. and um, TAFE, with industry. Um, I place interns from business students, marketing students, accounting students from TAFE Queensland into small to medium-sized businesses, Mm -hmm. Um, have post-grad students um, in entrepreneurship and I'm writing a Bachelor of Business Entrepreneurship for um, an international university. Um, And... um, Spending a lot of time with Alpha Crucis College, uh, soon to be a uni, um, who are a Christian college, have been around for a very, very long time and uh, have opened in Wollongabba. So coming full circle, I suppose, um, Alpha Crucis is kind of our base uh, because it's a funky new campus of a higher education provider that really suits uh, doing community work and training. Um, and that's where we've really focused um, bringing Coast Artist programs. Um, it's the right sort of environment, as I said. And also being Christian university or soon to be a university, it's um, businesses' mission is of great interest. Um, everybody that we're working with around this 
co-starters program is um, is a Christian person, but we're looking at it as an opportunity to help um, people get out of poverty, um, help people who uh, need to start small businesses to assist them in other ways or to grow their self-esteem and uh, working with other Christian people with faith and non-faith and unchurched people who go through the program is, is a magnificent privilege. Now, if people want to find out more, they can uh, have a look at uh, some of the information. So it's Alpha Crucis College, and uh, it's a week coming up on October 23. Is that the date? Yeah, we're having it at Alpha Crucis College. We have a co-starters uh, website mm-hmm. that people can go and have a look at, at that, which is Startups in Australia. .com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, our particular focus on businesses' mission is assisting people with business knowledge and know-how, or mentors, or advisors, or um, you know, uh, counsellors, or whoever, um, work as a community around a person who wants to be a starter of a business, and um, whether they're faith or, or not faith-based people, um, and so we're helping them with ideas and. Uh, also to look at the feasibility of those ideas and then connecting them with all sorts of things that are available in this state, uh, whether it be um, hardware incubators or uh, government programs and grants. Um, so startupsinaustralia.com.au is the real businesses mission site, but obviously we're keeping it you know, quite generic so that it um, brings in all types of people. Well, it's they can been... also contact me, of course, mm-hmm. and I can provide a whole lot of information because, gee, you know, we really need more facilitators. We mm. need more facilitators. We need more mentors, both those that work with families and also those who understand business and advisors, you know, lawyers and accountants and those sorts of advisors. We need to build a much bigger community of uh, people who can, Christians who can assist at the moment, we've got 16 trained. These are people who are very um, fabulous people across uh, Brisbane and beyond. And we uh, will, in in our special week that we'll be running at Alpha Crucis coming up, we'll be doing a whole lot more training as people. So there's a huge opportunity for anybody who would like to apply their business knowledge or their how-to, apply their skills, or just their love for others who um, need to overcome some barriers. Well, it's been wonderful to hear your story today and that sounds like a great uh, uh, mission you're on there in uh, in the business world. Great to be able to hear your story today, Marg. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. 
Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.